Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, friends. Hey, welcome to uh, the Gravity Leadership Podcast once again. Um, so far, um, since Tuesday, this will probably be the third daily episode fourth, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, Anyway, we're finding there's a lot to think through. There's a lot to contemplate, a lot to figure out as we navigate this uh, crisis, the coronavirus pandemic. And um, wanted to just bring up uh, a a brief topic and hopefully have a brief uh, conversation about it. Um, And that's this. This came up in one of my, I was trying to remember if this is a, um, well, this came up in my local discipleship group uh, this past Sunday morning. So we met Mm. online Um, and one of the Kairos's that came up, Kairos is a word we use just for like what you're noticing, um, that's going on in your life, positive, negative. It's kind of a consolation and desolation. If you're familiar with Ignatian prayer, Kairos's, Kairos's, well, I'm saying this not necessarily for your sake, Matt, but uh, for our listeners. You look like you're just talking to me though. That's why. Yeah, I know it's confusing, but a lot of people might listen to this later, Matt. So. Keep that in mind as you talk. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, anyway, so it's, if you're familiar with consolation and desolation, that's how we, that's how we use the word Kairos is like that. Those are noticings that where we either feel an absence of God's presence or something that's confusing, uh, something that's fills us with joy, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, uh, one woman that's part of this group was saying that uh, during times like this, she finds, we were talking about our second axiom, which is that God is just like Jesus. And Mm -hmm. she was saying that she, she finds herself reaching for in times like this, the phrase God is in control. And she's doing that to try to comfort herself and to try to comfort those that she cares for. But she, but because God is just like Jesus, she knows that there's something weird about saying that, that doesn't actually Mm -hmm. feel very comforting. And she's trying to figure out kind of what to say instead, but she definitely reaches for God is in control. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, uh, as well that, Hey, uh, don't worry about this virus thing. Cause God is in control. So, um, yeah. so why not say that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks dude. I need permission to talk this out, Ben, because yeah, I yeah. don't, my thoughts aren't cogent. No, I, and when you think when yeah. you think with your mouth, you're mm-hmm. always like two words away from being heterodox, right? You know. So don't uh, all that to say that little asterisk, a little caveat. Um, we're trying to work this out, but like the confession is that doesn't feel quite right to say that God is in control. Yeah, but we do want to affirm. Yeah, right. Like a like a classical. Yeah. Um, we do want to affirm God's sovereignty, but perhaps that doesn't mean that He is meticulously actively 
controlling all events, like sending a pandemic for some sort of reason? Yeah, I think that's one of the ways to answer this question of the problem of evil and theodic- what's typically called theodicy. It's sort of the you know, more reformed Calvinist understanding. You know, I think R.C. Sproul is famous for some kind of quip or quote that uh, God, there isn't a molecule in the universe that isn't exactly where God wants it. Hmm. And I, I find that, um, that that was the faith I came to when I became a Christian, and I, I walked in that way of seeing the world and thinking about the world uh, for a long time. But ultimately, it became incoherent to me and unlivable. Uh, hmm. Because I had to begin to... Uh, there's all kinds of com- complex theological arguments. There's there's primary causation and secondary causation. You know what I mean? There's God's um, decretive will and right, uh, right. the will permissive gets accomplished. Will. And then there's permissive will. There's all these different theological delineations, and I learned them all, and I tried to inhabit them. But ultimately, here's what struck me. Hmm. When, I was, when I believed that stuff, the things I held most central and important about God, I couldn't say when life hit the fan to people. Like I, mm. like when somebody's baby had died or when somebody's husband got cancer or when somebody's spouse committed an affair or when uh, somebody had an addiction that they, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I knew it was pastorally unwise right. to say, uh, well, God caused this. Yes. Yeah, because God and and, the, and your role is to you, like you, if you figure out the reason, maybe that'll help you. God is in control of everything, and so right. He's controlled this right now mm. because it did one of two things: it turned God into a monster, right? And or it it was devastating to people. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself not sharing my most precious, treasured, important theological convictions to people when they actually needed theological conviction. Right. They, they needed some word of hope, but you, you had, you, your resources were not there to actually offer something that actually brought any hope. Right. right. Now, I could, I could sort of go abstract and push it away, like, well, you know, um, we don't know why God, we don't know why God allowed this, but he did it for some greater good, or it's, mm. uh, ultimately everything works out for good for those who love him, or there's some greater glory here, or, um, you know, God gives free will to people and they use, there were all kinds of ways to push the, push the buck away from God, mm. but it only takes one or two questions to reconnect all these evil tragedies to God. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the, that was, and then I, and then I also realized like, that's not really, I mean, so I want to affirm that God is sovereign. Um, and God and God ultimately gets what he wants. Um, but I also just want to say, like, the scriptures are the scriptures wrestle about this. Like, yeah. like the, the whole book of Job is written f- to people who presume that God is this um, tit-for-tat justice machine. Right. And, right? and the, basically it's written to say, is he really? Because what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Yeah, it's written yeah. to say, look, there's all kinds of factors mm-hmm. influencing reality that you can't see or know, ever. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, and that, you know, so and, and there's other things too. Jesus, who sinned, this man or his his parents that he was born like this? Yeah. You know, and Jesus yeah. just doesn't answer the question like that. So, <clears throat> so I guess I guess now, like, God is in control. I mean, what would I say that to somebody who's parent just contracted this virus and passed away and w- what does that mean to them mm-hmm. what would that even mean to them yeah god killed your spouse right yeah god yeah. killed your spouse mm-hmm. um and and i i think i think when i hear god is in control i think well, here's what it does uh gerald just said this in chat Gerald, you're right. Sometimes the God is in control is an attempt to go back to our comfortable box where, that we place God in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he's drawing on Brueggemann's work in Prophetic Imagination. He says, we may need to sit and lament in the disorientation for a bit. Yeah. Amen. I, when I hear God is in control, what I hear is, this stuff makes me anxious, and I'm afraid, and you can't be anxious and afraid and have faith, so we have to push the anxiety and fear away mm. so we can get back to trusting in the victorious Christian life. And I just yeah. want to say... I want to say, look, I don't, I mean, we would, we would have to cut out a third of the Psalms if you couldn't be anxious, afraid, or sad. Right. Like, like let's not use God is in control as a, as a placebo or mm-hmm. as a, 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 you know, a panacea to, to get rid of this fear. Mm-hmm. Let's like name it. Let's, let's, let's face it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, um, I, God, I don't know how viruses work. I don't know where mm-hmm. they are in your good creation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it all. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a young Earth creationist. I don't know how these fit, or did they exist before the fall? If I'm an old Earth creationist, God, I don't know why. I don't know the role they play in your creation. Are they part of? Are they part of your good creation? Are they part of corruption of creation? Mm-hmm. Will there be viruses in the new heavens of the earth? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Do like uh, I, I feel about. Uh, I often feel about like this with mosquitoes too. Like oh, scientists yeah. can't scientists can't figure out why they exist. Yeah, they're Who, worthless. They're from for, they're from hell. They're demonic. <laughs> Little I know the answer creature. to that theologically. <laughs> no, but, right. and so I, so um, so here's what I'm here's what I'm playing around with saying instead of God is in control. And that is, um, God is love. Yeah, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to us. I don't know what's going to happen to your sick grandparent mm-hmm. or your sick child. But I know God is love, and His love holds all of the reality together. At the center of our reality, isn't a abstract volitional will. Mm-hmm. At the center of reality is the Trinity, which mm-hmm. is a relationship of love. The fabric of existence is relationality in love. And that love, as we say in our podcast intro, holds all things together. And sometimes it holds things together in ways that are inexplicable to us. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, Paul says this in Romans, is it Romans 11? Mm-hmm. He's like, all these things, all these awful things are happening. Right. And what should we say about this? Right? Should we? Uh, can anything separate us from the love of God and Jesus? Right. So when Paul gets back to the bedrock 
of what do I know to be true in the midst of life hitting the fan, in the midst of coronavirus, in the midst of people dying, in the midst of being um, losing my family and friends and my identity. Right. He says, here's what we know. Nothing can separate us from God's deterministic, volitional, <laughs> meticulous right. will. Right. That's not what he says. No. He says nothing can separate us from the love of God. The love of God. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Neither height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor persecutions, nor famines. Nothing can separate us from that. And I I think that, yeah? That's great, yeah. Are you tracking with me, Ben? I am tracking with you. Um, Am I going to lose my ordination for saying this? uh, It's not up to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a bishop. Uh, but no, I, uh, no, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I, and I think, I mean, it's, I, I think it's all throughout the scriptures there, but it does. I think the thing, the reason people are afraid to let go of God is in control is because they're afraid there is no bedrock, right? There's, they're, they're afraid that there is no, I'm hearing a little feedback there from you're good now. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid, uh, I think people are afraid that there is no bedrock, that we can't actually offer a word of hope. Like the, yes. the two choices are God or God is in control or I don't know, you know, like a shrug, <laughs> like good luck, um, buy some ammo, you know, like, I, that, like those aren't the only options that we have. Like the, yes. I, I think what you're saying is there is a center, there is a bedrock, there is a word of hope. Um, there is some sense of solid, uh, and I hesitate to use this word, but certainty, but what we're certain solid of, ground. solid ground, a proper confidence. A proper confidence that we can have, and it's not in the fact that God is controlling everything. It's in the fact that God is love, and he's present, and he's working in the midst of all these things. And he's turning them yeah. to use, you know, another part of Romans 8. Isn't it Romans 8? He's, he's working all things for good. So he's taking yeah. what he's got here, and who knows why yeah. viruses are here and why this is happening, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he's taking it all, and he's and inside of his love, he's he's working in the midst of it for our good and for the good of of all creation. Um, yeah. That he that he loves. Yes. So yeah, it is. A, it's yeah. it's a good word. I think it's a helpful word. You know, if you're leading, if you just if you've got kids, you know, who are are picking up on what's going on here and they're scared, I think that's a good word to be able to actually bring some real comfort. Um, if you're, you know, a pastor, if you're a leader, um, and people are scared and they're afraid and they, they need a word of hope. Um, I think this is a talking about, Hey, everything we're, we're going to be okay because God is love. And when we say we're going to be okay, like ultimately that that we may die and we might get sick, but we're going to be okay because God is love. Yeah. But death isn't the worst thing that can happen to me. That's right. Christian. Yep. Um, Yeah. The worst thing that happened to me is that I would root my confidence in something other than God's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, uh, but I'm totally. thinking too, yeah, right? I'm thinking too, Ben, about, um, oh, rats. I think I just lost it. Shoot. This makes for great live radio, live, uh, <laughs> live recording here. That's <laughs> yeah, all good. I would say we would edit this out, but we 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 don't normally get that sophisticated. We're not going to edit it out. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I forget what I was going to just share there. I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> These are also things we would normally edit out if we were a little bit more sophisticated. Um. um oh, I know what I was going to say. Like, I don't know how love works. I don't know how this all works out. Like, mm. as you're as you're sharing this, I'm thinking about. Um. 
John, is it John chapter 9, the raising of Lazarus? Lazarus? Mm-hmm. Is that 9 or 11? That's 11. Yeah, John 11. I'm, re- I'm thinking about that right now, and I'm just thinking about how, um, how God's love doesn't prevent every bad thing from happening to us. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's actually something inherent in love that, that cuts against the grain of this phrase, God is in control. And that is, love is essentially, I think, uncontrolling. Yeah. Right? Love is uncontrolling. Yeah. Love holds people with an open hand. Love love holds people to account and empowers people. And, and so, like, there's tons of mystery in that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means we don't get what we want, so we can't use God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't use God to get what we want. Um, and so sometimes Lazarus does die. Yeah. You know, sometimes... Um, yeah. Yes. Well, and even, I'm, yeah, <clears throat> even before Jesus raises Lazarus too, the, the word of hope that he gives to Mary and Martha is... The, the resurrection, which he raises him from the dead, but that's not the resurrection, right? There's a, there's a, right. cause Lazarus dies again. Right. And Jesus has to be raised from the dead. And eventually like that's the hope, the hope he gives them is, is not just that I'm going to raise him from the dead right now. Yeah. It's the resurrection of the dead, which is later for, for Lazarus and for Mary and Martha. So that's what we're trying to think of a Christian response, rooted, framed, <laughs> yeah. centered, yep. uh, and animated by love. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean then? So yeah. then we don't we don't meet for corporate worship, not because we're afraid of the virus, right? Or because we've allowed the the government to co-opt the church. Mm-hmm. We don't meet for corporate worship because we're loving our neighbors, right? As best we can tell, this seems to be the best advice on how not to spread this virus and how to flatten the curve, and you know all the all the things the experts are telling us. Is yeah. that large large gatherings uh, spread this further, and so yeah, so it's an act of love. It's it's weird, yeah. but that that is the act of love is to say for right now we we can't gather as a whole church until um, we get some more information. Th- you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, I want to say this though too, Ben. I don't think it's the only way to love. No, yeah, there's no so, no shade on churches that are choosing to meet for a variety of reasons, right? Well, I yeah, and I don't think so. Love. I think one of the reasons why love scares us too is because love takes wisdom to live in. And, and we would rather just have rules. Yeah. Things, we just want things to be black and white. Just tell mm-hmm. me what to do. Just give me the, give me the thing to do. So I like Ben, the kind of how you started, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know the right thing to do so I can just get on with doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we don't have that and there's like gray everywhere or there's like four good ideas. Yeah. Then we're just like we go into sort of this paralysis, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, I think, um, yeah, just need wisdom. Yep. Well, I would love to hear from y'all about this proposal. Try out saying God is love as encouragement, mm-hmm. rather than God is in control, and His love is sovereign. Yeah. And His love holds all things together. Yes. And nothing can separate us from that love. And that's our comfort and hope. Yeah. Rather than the rather than some weird promise 
that ultimately God caused a, the person you love to die. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. Um, so yes, uh, friends, if you're listening to this, uh, on the podcast, you can email us at podcast at gravity Uh, you can yeah. reach out in that, uh, in, in that way, would love to hear if you have a story um, about how this has been helpful for you as a leader, uh, questions, pushback, yeah, any of that kind of stuff as we yeah. continue to try to navigate uh, and offer resources to help you navigate um, this uh, pandemic and this crisis uh, in real time. So we'll see you next time, friends. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.